0: are listening to the wool academy podcast this is episode number 64 hello and welcome my name is elizabeth van delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell Today on the show, I'm very happy to welcome Nora Kühner. Nora is a fashion design consultant and trend expert. Today, she will explain us how trends develop and what kind of trends are key for the wool industry. Um, Well, hello, Nora. It's so good to have you on the show. How are you today? Yeah. Hi, Lisa. Uh,
1: Thanks. Um, I'm fine and I'm uh, looking forward to our chat.
0: Wonderful, and thank you so much for your time today. Um, I would like to ask you to start introducing yourself and tell us about the work that you do.
1: Okay, so I'm myself, um, I'm a fashion designer by education. But uh, right after my studies, I started to work for a sportswear company and which uh, caused a really deep relationship or was the beginning of a deep relationship with sports and sports clothing. Uh, functionality, protective uh, properties, and things like these started to, um, yeah, to influence my work. And still today, I'm really deeply rooted in sports, and um, I'm doing. Uh, right, though my focus has uh, shifting, has been shifted uh, during the last years. To uh, more trend work, more forecasting work, uh, not so much uh, designing about real designing clothing collections and things like this, because. Um, Yeah, it's just um, we are living in interesting times and so I had the feeling that I want to be more in the direction of forward thinking, following the new developments and new technologies and the opportunities which come up
0: well yeah and we will talk about all of these things um, going forward but before we start maybe tell us a little bit what kind of services do you offer and who would be your typical customer
1: okay um i first as i mentioned just uh, before i'm offering services as a con- uh consultant in trend colour and uh conception work for colour for sports collection mainly i'm doing also speeches uh keynote speeches and speeches at schools about trend topics in uh in uh, in in the world of clothing and textiles i wouldn't say it's only about uh, sports it's really um i'm more interested in the cross disciplinary approach to my uh, in my work um because uh as we all know everything is melting and flowing together and uh, so we are really uh, cro- um I really like to make this crossover of um of influences and to show how each uh, influence work um is working together with something uh, in sports or in fashion or in clothing, in, and so on. so this is uh, my main service today is um, just consultancy. And then, of course, if I like to work on a project, on interesting projects, for example, I did a relaunch of a, sp- of a kind of workwear collection um, some uh, two years ago. So, um, But this was just interesting because the topic was interesting. The, the people were really uh, good to work with and I had a good mood. So if I like the project and I like the people and it's a re- true challenge, uh, then I also still design. And so, this my typical customer. Therefore, is someone I think who is more forward oriented, not so much uh, reproducing what is already on the market, but really just thinking ahead and uh, trying also and open for challenges, or also for um, yeah trying something new and experiment.
0: <laughs> okay you like a good challenge and I, what what i always was wondering how does someone actually become a trend expert Can uh-huh.
1: you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> i was always also wondering i think it's um uh, it's more a development I guess you cannot say you start today and now I'm a trend expert it's something which comes with experience which comes with uh the years you spend on your topics which you are interested in and um of course what I see would see as a basic uh basic um yeah uh property eh, or pray uh, yeah, i would say skill? you need to be curious you need no. to be curious open for uh for for anything be- uh, because it's um it's not specially a, a special thing which you can focus on you have to be open to development in society to politics to of course what people are wearing on the street, the streets, and things like these, but you just have to be open and and have an open mindset because uh because otherwise you won't uh, get far with your uh with your predictions mm-hmm. um well i'm always um a little bit careful uh, careful about using the word with prediction or trend advice i think it's today it's more about um, talking or giving people an overview of what is going on because nobody in its uh, in the everyday life has the time in your job or you're always missing the time to be that well informed about uh, what is going on. And so it's always, always for a lot of people only are able to... Um, to have an overview of a very small part of what of re-influences. The um, and therefore, it's always interesting for them, which is, uh, which is something I get from the feedback to my speeches, to have someone who is giving them an, the big picture and also uh, give some advice how to work on it or how to think on it.
0: Okay, yeah. I, that's maybe a good way of putting it, that you give an overview of what's happening. I like that. Um, and can you tell us how do trends actually develop?
1: How do trends develop? Uh, which kind of trends do you mean? It's the trend for the next uh, hot thing in uh, in uh, clothing or in fashion or in sports, Or the more basic trend uh, which is behind the story or behind the clothing which is appearing? Um I think this is something we have to make a difference in because um because you see that um talking about trends there's a the trend which is only just a thing popping up, so the next three months everybody is wearing a certain kind of sweater or a certain kind of bag is the ultimate have uh, must have but um the trends which are behind these developments these are um, really um, something which is going on when 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 we are uh, in a trend we are always in a transformation process, so this transformation process has different aspects and facets, and these facets though we might not be um, visible at first glance and not so obviously um, seen, but it 's there that we we are influenced what we like and what we do not like, or what did we prefer to what is going on in society, what is going on in culture, what is going on in politics and of course, there are others if a if a certain, uh, if a certain uh, prominent person is wearing something or promoting something, this is also influences on the trends, but these are the more. Um, yeah I would say the more uh, not the long standing trends I would call it uh,
0: okay. this is a,
1: there's a difference for me to make in between these just coming up due to a movie to a video to something on YouTube or that you see something and you like it these are just um, kind of uh, yeah like these trends pop up and they disappear after some months if uh, and even today it's a world is, uh, the world is the uh, world is moving forward at a, or move, is is at least moving uh, at an unheard speed uh, and changing in an unheard speed so there are no long term trends in um, in in yeah predicting how the next what is the next big thing in clothing Uh, This is, for example, something I experience in sports uh, very closely because uh, in sports, we have to, due to our uh, supply chain, we have to uh, think already today about the trends which might be there uh, in 2020. Hmm. Um, And this is really something which is um, practically not makeable. It's not um, uh, so. That is why we see a lot of uh, the same things again, because nobody knows what will be the next big thing in uh, for a sports jacket in 2020. Okay. And today, it's not the brand who tells the people what to wear, but the people say, "This is something I like. Oh, this is I want this." So there is a change in the reception or and creation of trends
0: too. So, so you're saying there's like a meta trend that go, that goes on in culture and um, in society, and then there are these little pop up trends that are last. Really yeah, short. yeah,
1: exactly. Okay. I would say so.
0: <laughs> yeah, and can you tell us then how and what maybe bigger trend does wool fit in today?
1: Um, the big, bigger trend of wool, yeah, wool, first of all, I experienced it myself in my own sector of the industry I'm working in, the sports sector, where wool was coming up just uh, five, six years ago. Uh, it started all with some uh, underwear, skiing underwear, things like these. Um, and now it's gaining ground more and more. Um, it fits quite well, I think. Uh, first um, topic is... It's, um, yeah, we are all fed up a little bit with super perfect, uh, surfaces, with surfaces which are sleek, which are really, uh, Perfectly like glass, steel screens. All these things are in architecture. These buildings with glass and steel. All these screens around us. Um, you know, the, the feeling is there that we also want to have uh, something with a better, uh, yeah, emotional or haptic feeling. So I think this is one uh, one desire which will fit uh, quite well. And also, it's of course a natural thing, a natural uh, yarn. Uh, it's a natural topic, and it's this is something that we see at the moment, uh, despite all the perfection in. Uh, especially in sports, with all our perfectly done um, membranes, with our two layers, three layers, soft shell things, there is the really now there is a feeling that we want more natural and haptic um, fabrics and clothing with um, done in these um, fabrics.
0: Okay, and also as you are as you are very familiar with sportswear. Why is there this trend of sportswear mixing with fashion more and more? What is the reason behind that?
1: Why uh, why sports and fashion are mixing right now? Of course, we are um, everybody or nearly everybody appreciates the basic and really um, brought to us in a very perfect way the uh, the pragmatic and uh, way approach of sports clothing Uh, sports clothing is practical it's uh, functional it's protective it's easy to care for so it makes you um, it makes a perfect traveling companion Um, and as people are always on the move and traveling a lot these days or during the last decade So people have learned or came to know the advantages of having some um, sports uh, products with them, either jacket, trousers, or uh, sweater, or whatever. And it's just, the I think, the easiness. And it's mostly everywhere you can wear it. Um, this is something that we all appreciate, that you don't have to think a lot about what to get packed in our uh, luggage. So with uh, most of sports clothing, you can, you are easily packed in uh, in, a, in a moment, and it fits quite well, as long as you are not having formal business. Um, but even there, it's changing. So I think this is uh, the first thing. And then, of course, we are always looking uh, for new things both in sports and in fashion and uh some years ago um the big fashion brands or high fashion brands they discovered our the beautiful, uh, I say our the sports industries, beautiful fabrics, which gave to their cl- way of uh, designing a new aspect, a new facet, and also the accessories, uh, just the zippers, for example. So there was a, r- a rise of the zipper in uh, fashion clothing within the last years. And things like this just give a new appeal to fashion, which in this constant search for novelty uh, is a really big factor when it comes to design.
0: Okay, thanks so much for explaining that. And there's another trend I'm always wondering about, and that is on the one hand we have fast fashion, who creates lots of new trends all the time and then there's the opposite trend of slow fashion and i always mm-hmm. wonder where should wool be in this arena should we be more in the slow fashion or on the fast fashion side
1: um, wool should should definitely, do, to be true to itself and to its character, uh, it should be in the slow fashion, of course, because wool is something, um, if you really buy a good uh, quality, or a, swe- a woolen sweater with a good quality, uh, you know, don't need to throw it away after six weeks or so. And fast fashion, I think um, fast fashion is a system... Uh, which will yeah i'm i don't uh, i don't think that this will uh last uh for another uh, twenty or thirty years it's a system which is um which is not um you know, working well in topics of uh, sustainability it's damaging a lot and it's harm not it's harmful uh, so um i think it's a system also uh, there is um There is um, if it's getting faster and faster, and it has been doing so for uh, during the last years. But I think there's sooner or later there will be uh, the end of getting faster because you cannot uh, um, pass by on on the right lane or the left lane. So you sooner or later this uh, this search for speeding up will come to a still stand or might be even go back. Or
0: breakdown. And Mm -hmm. how how has the trend of sustainability changed the fashion industry, and how will it be in the future?
1: Um, The trend of sustainability in fashion. Yes, slowly but surely, uh, more and more companies are entering and uh, trying to adapt their way of sourcing, their way of production, um, and uh, a lot more. So, um, I wouldn't say that we already have a big wave but nevertheless, uh, there's a lot of talking and exchange on this topic and trying to work together, to trying to work also together uh, across borders, across uh cross-disciplinary because it's not only that a certain company a certain brand says okay i want to be sustainable they have to uh, talk with their suppliers with their manufacturers and of course also to their customers how can we all together become more sustainable and less harmful for uh, for the world so um this is slowly but surely changing and it's um, of course you cannot uh, say today i decide to be uh, as a company as a brand but uh, you cannot say okay today is uh, i'm changing everything and i'm sustainable it starts with for example saving water by working with fabrics which use lower wa- uh, water or have a le- uh, lower water consumption for dyeing processes, or that your machinery is equipped with uh, better uh, energy-saving uh, f- um, machines and things like these. And also, uh, of course, uh, this is one step by the other, and this cannot be done in uh, in one year or two years. But the uh, decisive thing about this is just to do the first step and then continue. And I'm sure that this will accelerate as the the younger generations come up, because this is also something I'm always telling people in my um, in my speeches that the younger generations they are more for them uh, sustainability is really. Um, yeah, it's something which is there and this is not an add-on or a, top, a side topic. It's really an important topic, an important matter because it matters for their future and their lives. And so they are really uh, the ones who will drive, um, uh, the um, progress in uh, t- sustainability matters because they are the users of what we are producing and they are the future users. So, and they want uh, to tell them, they want us to tell them, is it uh, sustainable? What do you do? Where do you produce? And um, so, this is something the industry has to be aware of.
0: Yes, and you mentioned now several times that the consumer is actually. like telling us what they want and how do you think will we include the consumer in the future in our design process?
1: Um I'm just uh <laughs> just did a speech two weeks ago at performance show of uh, and uh, other speeches in this direction will follow within the next months uh, about uh, design um, in days of um, yeah co-creation sharing and things like this I think there's something at the moment which is uh something we don't um, integrate so much the input from the consumer or the customer. I would uh, prefer because I don't like the word consume. It's uh, mass consumption and things like this make me always a little bit um, afraid whether we are really changing a little, uh, our mind. Uh, our minds but um, so the customer um, at the moment he has a chance to individualize his sneaker or to individualize the coloring of a t-shirt or things like this but I think this is just the beginning um, I we don't have a lot of uh, ideas, I think, right now how to work as an industry together with the consumer. There are uh, first trials to integrate some peer groups or so in collection briefing for the designers. But I think there is still... Um, a. Le- a lot to be done and to be talked about uh, and also we have to change our sh- our structures our processes and structures if we want to integrate a bit uh, more the input from um users and customers
0: yeah so using social media etc to talk with the cons- customer.
1: Yeah, and uh, um, also um, to, to really to have a direct exchange also with um, maybe some peer groups who speak for their community or things like this.
0: Okay, that
1: would It's be not only uh, just watching and observing yeah. what is going on on Instagram or in other social media, um, but uh, it's really to start a true exchange.
0: Okay, that would be... yeah. Uh, interesting future and yeah you say a lot of companies would need to change how they work and Mm. i found um a sentence on your website where you say in times of dematerialization will we face less products could you speak a little bit about this question that you have on your website
1: um yeah in um I don't I think that the peak that we have reached uh, the peak of mass consumption and mass production by this we all see that we cannot continue in the same way uh, as we exploit the planet uh, t- tremendously and um, so if, if we look forward um we would, if we continue like this uh, the whole thing will collapse um, therefore, uh, and also, if you have a look at, um, as an insider, I know with a complex supply chain of the industry and things like this. this these are structures. Which are just not fitting um, how we are living and uh, how we should uh, live and work uh, in the 21st century. I think with all these developments, also with automation, uh, with um, robots, and coming up and to do the work. So I think the structures have been developed in the 20th century, but um, now we really have to make it. Um, deep change and then starting new uh, with new ideas about how to produce and how to also develop products which which are which share more longevity which are more durable so that we don't uh, this fast fashion thing, as you mentioned before, uh, or, to, or to use this, um, uh, this wording, uh, fast fashion and and mass consumption in, are really not. Topics which will work in the 21st century. So we should, and if you uh, go to wool, for example, wool is really something um, which is also meant to live and to live and to be loved and to be worn for more than just a season I think it will be really interesting to develop new ideas for clothing based on longevity and that you use them longer that you wear them longer Um, despite our longing for novelty every few months or every few weeks I think this is something we really have to think about how to develop new strategies and a new thinking Uh, in this way. Um, Yeah, this is all. Uh, But concepts are not yet there, so we really need all efforts, cross-boundary efforts, to uh, start a new thinking here.
0: Yes, and now everything that we talked about, would you say that the future for Wool is bright or cloudy?
1: Hmm. I'm myself I think I'm uh, really a strong believer in wool I wear it uh, um, even in summer Um, I just (laughs) tested it throughout the last years to to go for vacation in uh, sunny areas with uh, woolen t-shirts and things like this I think it's a really um, good uh, material which balances temperatures. It's not only a warming in winter on cool days, but it also uh, has a natural way of balancing. And I think uh, wool is really something which will be with us, though there are not enough sheep to, <laughs> in the world to feed all the requests. Which is clear, we cannot uh, have as much wool uh, as we want. There is also a certain limit.
0: And do you see a certain um, target market that will be most where you see most potential for wool? Or a certain product Mm, area?
1: um, I think it's. uh, first of all I think it's really something um good that wool entered the sports market, the sports clothing industry. Which is really something um which is um for sports people. Um I and I'm not talking about a high performer but um but for you uh, normal performer, average performer, it's really uh Good, um, good story to use uh, woolen or wool blend fabrics, wool blended fabrics, um, topics made from wool blended fabrics or pure wool. Uh, but uh, I think it's also more. I would say wool is more a thing of quality, a topic of quality of uh, something you you love for more than one season um, because it's just. Uh, cozy and uh, very close to your uh, skin, of course, all clothing is close to our skin, but uh, wool has this certain touch of being also cozy and smooth on the skin, mostly for not all people, but um, but for most people they feel well in, uh, in wool. And of course, it's also nice to have something which you don't have to, to wash all the time after wearing it just for two or three days. You can just... Hang it out to, the, to fresh air. Expose it to fresh air, and then it also feels fresh again. So I think it's really something which is a product for yeah for a, a sustainable thinking uh, and for a more um, yeah or, and appreciating clothing yeah appreciating clothing and i would say not seeing as as something you consume but that you have there in your as a a companion for part of your lifetime
0: (laughs) yes that sounds really good and you mentioned a few times that you give speeches at uh, conferences and fairs if anybody Mm -hmm. wanted to see you live when would they have the chance to see you
1: I'm will be uh, there at ISPO in January by end of January um, Tuesday and Wednesday at ISPO I do a speech will do a speech exactly about the topic I just mentioned uh, design or you also talked about design co creation and other ways of how. There will be to, uh, where we have to shape a new understanding of design and the capabilities of designers, and then performance days uh, twice a year in April and November, and sometimes at uh, now from already ten years at outdoor show. And of course, you can also uh, hire me for an in-house speech, or uh, if you uh, if you want and. But these are at the moment uh, the fairs where I will sp- to do, uh, deliver speeches.
0: Great. I will make sure to link to those fairs and um, on the show notes. And what is your website so people can connect with you as well?
1: Uh, my website is uh, um, Nora Kröner, Kr- Kr- uh, one word, uh, no umlaut. It's... Uh, Nora, my first name and then K-U-E-H-N-E-R dot com
0: Perfect, okay so people can find you Well, Nora, thank you so much for your time and explaining us everything about trends and how Wool fits into that I really appreciate all what you said and yeah, I look forward to your work in the future
1: yeah, thanks, Lisa. It was a pleasure talking to you and exchanging ideas and thoughts. Um, yeah, and let's keep in touch. Thanks. Perfect.
0: Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. What did you think about what Nora had to say about trends? I definitely learned a lot today. If you want to find out more about Nora and her work, head on over to the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 064. Also, if you happen to be at ISPO at the end of January 2018, which takes place in Munich in Germany, you can listen to Nora speak live at the fair. Check out the ISPO program to make sure you don't miss this opportunity. If you are traveling in the next couple of weeks, make sure to download a few Wool Academy podcast episodes onto your smartphone. You can download this podcast from iTunes as well as from Stitcher. Thank you for listening. Talk to you again next week and bye for now.